from the creator economy to the end of Bretton Woods and the origins of the metaverse. This is the UAE Tech Podcast Web3 edition. Tune in for cutting edge interviews on how blockchain is reshaping cyberspace, finance and culture from here in Dubai and cities around the world. The main challenge today and yesterday, today and tomorrow is definitely the legal things. And because, you know, you are expanding to multiple countries and these countries, for each of them, they have their own rules, their own regulations. Uh, and you have to start from scratch as if you are starting a, a new company. And the interesting thing that even for the core business as a payment gateway or the uh, the products that you are building. Again, we found out that each market has its own, uh, you know, uh, strategy, its own products. You cannot replicate what you did in KSA uh, in UAE or in Egypt or any other country. So maybe only the basic things. After that, no, you have to go to that market, you have to understand it, and you have to create the right products for, for that market and the merchants in that market. So this is the, the challenge. And of course, with that, you need a staff. You need to hire product people who understand uh, payment and uh, e-commerce. Uh, you have to hire uh, developers, which is not easy. Uh, and with the boom that happened, uh, there were a big demand on the employees that they understand online. And maybe with the FinTech revolution, Again, there were a huge demand on the uh, fintech people, both in business and technical. So all these challenge, challenges actually uh, keep, kept us really busy uh, to expand in multiple countries immediately. Mohana Dabwini has been working in online payments in the Middle East from almost the beginning. In this episode, we chart the story of payments in MENA and KSA from its early origins during the dot-com boom to the increasingly cashless society of today. In the process, what appears as an overnight change has actually taken a decade of innovation and hard work to understand needs and build solutions in markets such as Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt, and the UAE. Hyperpay recently raised almost $40 million in funding, led by MasterCard, along with participation from Amwell Capital Partners and Arab Bank Ventures. The company has aims of going public within the next five years. But that journey wasn't always easy or linear. Today we're talking to Mohanad Ebwini from Hyperpay. Um, Mohanad, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, can you give us a quick introduction to yourself and what makes Hyperpay special? Thank you, John. Uh, my name is Mohanad Abwini. I'm a software engineer with MBA. Uh, I have like uh, 22 years of experience, all of them in online business. I started uh, back in 1999 with Maktoub.com. I worked with uh, Soap.com, which used to be uh, Mazad Maktoub at that time. I'm one of the founding team of Cashew. 
back in 2001. In 2004, I joined the National Technology Group in KSA, and I uh, founded one card as a payment card. Uh, and actually, I founded a couple of other initiatives, all of them in online business uh, in KSA. Uh, in 2010, I went back to Amman. I started Get to Play, uh, which uh, was uh, like a payment aggregator uh, for uh, digital, con uh, digital content in general. At that time, the most famous thing was uh, online gaming and some uh, maybe dating websites, ringtones, uh, all, all this stuff. In 2014, we change get to play to hyperpay and we became a professional payment gateway we started in jordan we proved the concepts and at that time we had two options either we go to uae dubai where market is a bit mature and you know using credit cards it's uh, a norm there between the end users or to go to ksa which was in the early stage uh, of the e-commerce and online business. And uh, we have uh, to uh, educate the market and we have to do a lot of work, but definitely with big potential, especially that I have uh, previous experience in KSA. So the decision was to uh, go to KSA uh, 2015. We had the first investment from KSA also as a hyperpay. Uh, and we uh, start in a different approach than the other payments that were available in KSA. We start to focus on infrastructure. So we, uh, when we came, only two banks, they were active acquirer in uh, KSA. So the first thing we, we did we start to convince other banks to become uh, acquirer for e-commerce. And we uh, managed to get actually all the banks in KSA to become an acquirer. We helped like seven banks to become an acquirer uh, in, in KSA in no time, actually. By 2018, all the banks in active banks in KSA, they were acquirer for e-commerce. And we were the only payment gateway who's working with every single bank in KSA. So we built a network of banks. We worked extremely close with uh, Sama and Saudi Payment later for any initiative that they want to, uh, uh, that again, will help uh, in uh, promoting, digitizing the transactions in KSA, regardless offline or online. So we, uh, at that time, we worked on the Sadat OLB program. Then uh, we were the first payment gateway to to put or to invest in full infrastructure for Meta service. And now, actually, we are the payment gateway, the only payment gateway uh, who's active on uh, the new Meta uh, project that they launch uh, actually this year. So uh, what makes HyperPay different, first, as I said, I, I work closely with uh, government and the banks, so we gain their trust. Second, uh, we are famous in creating localized products 
per country, per category, or even per merchant. So uh, this helps us to solve a real problem and not to be a typical or normal or any, just like any other payment uh, uh, payment gateway in, in the region. So with this uh, customized product, again, we gain more trust in, uh, uh, in the government uh, and we, more, we gain more trust between the merchants and this put Hyperpay as the biggest and fast growing, uh, fastest growing uh, payment gateway in KSA. Well, thanks for that. That was a thanks for that, man. That was a really good introduction and background to, to Hyperpay and to, to to you know from the beginning to to where you are today. Um, I want to ask you a little bit. I want to rewind a little bit and go back to the beginnings. So, you mentioned MacTube and. In a way, you are a part of, you know, the early history, really, of um, digital infrastructure and the Internet in the Middle East. So what was it like um, back then, What you know, working with MacTube? Um, what was your experience all those years ago? And looking back, how have things changed today? Okay. Um, if, if we go back uh, to, um, like... 
they, they learn me uh, in how to think, how to uh, uh, be a different. And I remember at that time, actually, I think Maktoub was the, uh, the, the, the smallest portal between the others at that time when everyone came. And actually, even when it comes to funding, I, I believe the funds that they received in Maktoub.com was the least between the competitors. And they managed to sustain and to grow and then later on to sell it to Yahoo. And after that, selling uh, Mazad, uh, sorry, Sukh.com to Amazon. So it was a great success. Uh, I, I remember uh, in 2012, when uh, Maktoub received an investment, if I'm not mistaken, from EFG Hermes, we were waiting, uh, you know, promotions and maybe bonus. And Samih, he came to, to us in the meeting and said, today we received the investment and today we start cutting costs. So because he knows that this money should take the company to, to either profitability or to exit. Uh, you remember the collapse of the dot-coms in the region and he knows that it will not be easy to... Uh, to raise more money actually at that time. And actually we did, I, I remember we changed the Nescafe with Coffee Break, we changed the Fine <laughs> with uh, which type, then we went to that level. Uh, so uh, if you want to drink a good Nescafe, you have to bring it from your home, not in the company. But at the end, they did it. And actually we, we were, uh, yeah, anyone who was in Maktoub, were extremely proud of the exit to Yahoo and later on extremely proud to uh, exiting Sukh.com uh, to uh, Amazon. Even we are not part of that at that time, but uh, definitely we feel proud and we know that those people, they did the right thing. So I learned a lot, to be honest. And it's, uh, and I, and I, I applied a lot of things uh, I learned in Maktoub and Sukh.com uh, in my previous work with KSA, with National Technology Group. And after that, in my startups uh, get to play and uh, hyperpay. Yeah, I mean, it is an amazing story. And, you know, there's so many things that came out of that. The beginnings of VC money, in a way, after their sale to, to Maktoub, um, the other sell for souk.com, which was, you know, a sign of how e-commerce was booming. Um, of course, in 2012, e-commerce in, in Jordan and even in the UAE and other countries was just beginning. And now, if you look at, you know, the GCC, UAE and KSA, e-commerce and fintech uh, are, are both booming. And of course, you know, the Yahoo, the Maktoub Yahoo sell was, was the beginning of another big tech push in the region. Uh, the soup cell was a sign of, of how the industry has really evolved. Um, so that's a great place to begin with, with that story you've just told us. But when you started moving out beyond MacTube and starting up your own business and getting interested in payments, can you just describe for the audience what the challenges were when you were just getting started? Because some of our audience are based in the US and the UK, 
And they've had online payments for maybe a decade. And I think it might be difficult for them to understand that if you're working in Jordan or KSA or UAE, you know, in 2015, 2016, 2014, just what the challenges were in setting up digital payment solutions. Yeah. Uh, you know, after Maktoub, as I mentioned, I went to uh, National Technology Group, uh, engineer Mohammed al Bellah, the chairman. He was a vision to, uh, and a mission, actually, to reinvent the internet industry in this region. So he, he, he at that time, he, he had a plan to launch a couple of projects to kick off the e-commerce industry again uh, in the Middle East. And actually, yeah, we start launching uh, project after project. Uh, including one card, net advantage, uh, extranet, uh, uh, later on uh, uh, Mubashir. And actually, the, the good thing of engineer Muhammad that, again, he has an amazing vision. And he, he, he's, he's a risk taker. So he was okay to launch 10 projects, and, and he will be more than happy if we, uh, at the end, live with one of them uh, as a successful story. So we were launching project after project everywhere, hiring people everywhere, uh, moving between the countries to understand the needs. Uh, and again, I, I was really lucky after Maktoub to go with engineer Mohammed Al-Bala'a, and I learned a lot from him, actually. Uh, now, Hyperpay or get to play, it was يعني, like an idea. It came يعني, uh, to me to solve a problem actually in the region. I, I noticed when I, I used to managing one card, uh, one card was the largest actually in the region as a payment uh, card and uh, followed by Cashew. And then we have uh, at that that time, another maybe nine or ten uh, uh, payment card, and the credit card penetration is still really, really low. <coughs> so, for any international, we try to attract uh, merchants to come to the region. But the problem is like one card is strong in uh, KSA, let's say, and cash is strong in UE, but Egypt. One card may be covering uh, Cairo, but the other cities, you will find another uh, payment card there. Or maybe uh, same in KSA, like uh, one card and cash, they were strong in the main cities. But if you go to other cities, you will find another brands or maybe in Kuwait or anything. So it was really tough. And the market still not that big. So it was really tough for any big merchant international to come and integrate with 10 payment uh, card uh, in the region just to uh, uh, to, to have a revenue from the region because it's it's not worth it at that time so i had the idea to to do the first aggregator in the region and this is how i started one card i i i i built a switch and i put uh, all alternative payments from one card, cash, uh, like card, or uh, you name it, multiple cards actually in the market. 
all of them in one switch. So for any international or local company, they want a full payment infrastructure in the region. They can just integrate with the get to play and they can take it all. And actually it was very successful at the beginning uh, until the, you know, the Arabic spring or the revolutions that it happened everywhere, uh, changed everything. Will not go into politics now, but uh, they change. Yani, what happened changed the whole market completely. Yeah. So yeah. the challenge is, uh, you know, when when I used to manage uh, like one card or other companies as part of ETG Group, uh, yeah, I I felt that it's easy to manage a company or to go uh, yani, with a with a company from scratch. Uh, to uh, to make it big, and at that time there were no uh, really ecosystem, and even the word entrepreneur was not there at that time. So it's like uh, uh, even startup, it's a company. We call it company at that time. Okay, so uh, that, yeah, thanks God for me. Maybe my reputation was really good because uh, I'm one of the old. Uh, people who was working with uh, online ad payment, so it was easy to uh, uh, contact uh, investors. Actually, at that time, only maybe two or three VCs in the region, uh, like ATH Group, which later became Silicon Badia, and they are my first uh, investors, uh, and Middle East Venture Partner. And I'm not sure if there is a third one or no. So uh, getting the cash was not an issue for me, to be honest, because again, there's not a lot uh, uh, startups at that time. So there's, it, it was easy I need to go and to convince uh, investors. And second, they know me personally. So yeah, from a personal relationship, it was easy to do, but we made, of course, uh, very major mistakes because both of us, you know, the investors and me, we were, you know, we don't have any experience in fundraising and uh, as a VCs. So I gave uh, a lot of shares. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's often, uh, a, I mean, that happens yeah. a lot to entrepreneurs in the Middle East generally. Capital's kind of often for individuals at your level easy to access but the amount of equity you give away at an early stage tends to be higher than in other jurisdictions that's something i've found anyway exactly so i i uh which it's which which was okay for me because you know it's like uh, my first uh, startup and right right I'm, I'm too excited and i need to make it happen i yeah honestly i was not thinking if uh, maybe my my best dream is to make it $5 million or whatever uh, as a value for the company. I, yeah. I don't know at that time. Yani, we, we, yani, it was tough for us to uh, to think that these companies could reach $100 million or $1 million or whatever. Yani, that was out of uh, scope, actually, yeah. at that yeah. time. Yeah. So, uh, uh, running a company, it's it's uh, it's not easy, uh, especially at that time. Uh, market was really tough. You know, I started in Jordan, and I found that the market in Jordan uh, is really small. 
uh, and not all the resources is there, but definitely uh, it's a cheap uh, place to uh, to find to, to start your work. So you don't need that much uh, capital. Technical resources always there, but people who who know uh, e-commerce, um, there is no people actually know e-commerce in, in, uh, in Jordan. So we had to open an office in Egypt. Uh, we and you know, like uh, GCC countries, like KSA was not open at that time. Uh, UAE still expensive for me to to go and open an office there. So it it was yeah, the, the logistic was really tough because no rules for startup, no rules for entrepreneurs. Uh, you have to start uh, your work as a, a normal company, just like any yeah. other company. Yeah. Not a startup. Yeah, super hard and regional expansion, as you suggested, extremely hard. You know, moving into KSA at that time, very very difficult. Um, yeah, yeah, of even, course. You know, there were no rules to, to start you. And if you know, if you want to go to KSA at that time, you have to have a company under a name of a Saudi uh, uh, residence or Saudi uh, national Saudi guy. So it was not really easy and not that straightforward. Yeah. So in, in 2015, when we changed to HyperPay, uh, here, to be honest, the main challenge, the main challenge was that you need to expand, you have to go to other markets, you have to uh, work with uh, legal, uh, you know, uh, rules in each country, uh, and you have to solve a lot of things in terms of HR, in terms of development, in terms of rules and regulations, and many, many other things. But thanks God, like UE was really developed at that time and uh, uh, rules was there with the free zone companies and, you know, uh, rules for startups and everything. And KSA, they came after, but they came really fast and they put amazing rules uh, for foreign investments, uh, for uh, actually uh, even they ejected a lot of money uh, for VCs to uh, invest in, uh, in startups. So uh, access to money was really good actually in KSA. And we managed to raise uh, round after round uh, very smooth. And of course, the normal, only the normal uh, funding uh, process, which is the due diligence and other things, but finding the, the investors was not really uh, a hard thing in, in KSA. And uh, investors, they are mature enough because most of them, they learned uh, uh, the, the market and they learned the rules and, and you know, and what they should do as a VCs before they open their VCs in, in KSA. So everything went smooth. Uh, again, the main challenge today and yesterday, today and tomorrow is definitely the legal things. And because, you know, you are expanding to multiple countries and these countries, for each of them, they have their own rules, their own regulations. Uh, and you have to start from scratch as if you are starting a, a new company. And the interesting thing that even for the core business as a payment gateway or the uh, the products that you are building, 
again, we found out that each market has its own, uh, you know, uh, strategy, its own products. You cannot replicate what you did in KSA uh, in UAE or in Egypt or any other country. So maybe only the basic things. After that, no, you have to go to that market, you have to understand it, and you have to create the right products for, for that market and the merchants in that market. So this is the, the challenge. And of course, with that, you need a staff. You need to hire product people who understand uh, payment and uh, e-commerce. Uh, you have to hire uh, developers, which is not easy. Uh, and with the boom that happened, uh, there were a big demand on the employees that they understand online. And maybe with the FinTech revolution, again, there were a huge demand on the uh, FinTech people, both in business and technical. So all these challenge, challenges actually uh, keep, kept us really busy uh to expand in multiple countries immediately so we decided at the beginning to focus on one country which is ksa and then we go to the other countries and thanks god it works well uh, that's why we are number one in, in ksa and we start our expansion uh, uh, to uae uh, egypt iraq uh, bahrain oman and everything is working fine. Again, uh, some uh, legal challenges, which we will overcome very soon. That's uh, very, very interesting. And it is true what you said about how each market is slightly different. I think sometimes investors who are outside the region think, well, you know, everybody speaks Arabic um, and the culture is kind of similar. But no, setting up you know, payment solutions or any kind of infrastructure in Egypt and Jordan and KSA or UAE is often really different and you need a lot of local knowledge. Um, based off that, I wanted to, to ask you a bit about how you see the ecosystem today. So Hyperpay recently raised about 40 million, led by MasterCard, along with Amnal Capital and AB Ventures. So I think it's fair to say that, you know, things are going in an interesting direction. How do you see the payments ecosystem today? And what is it, what is it about the um, ecosystem in KSA in particular that you think is so interesting? Yeah, thanks, God. Yeah, we, this round was a great round for Hyperpay. Uh, the reason of that, that with this round, we were looking for a strategic investors more than cash investors. Uh, and I think we, we managed to get the best of the best uh, between MasterCard, uh, you know, they know the market, they have the products, they have the expertise, and they can push uh, and accelerate our growth uh, and our expansion big time. Uh, Amwal Capital, they are experts in private equity and uh, actually taking uh, companies to the next level financially, you know, with the structure. And um, yeah, it's not a secret, but, you know, our plan is to go public in KSA in the coming two years. So you need someone like uh, uh, Amwal Capital who they can help in preparing Hyperpay for listing big time. And even uh, AB Venture, it's the Arab Bank PLC uh, uh, VC arm, uh, 
today we are working with Arab banks in uh, in, in, in nine uh, markets, and actually they will allow us to go to uh, markets like Tunisia, Algeria uh, faster because they already they have banks there and they, they can help us to expand really quickly. So this kind of investors today, what we were thinking that payment in Middle East is still in the early stage and there is a huge opportunity everywhere. Uh, and I think the numbers will grow uh, in, in a crazy way, at least for the coming five years and the new opportunities and maybe some of the products like P2P payment or uh, open banking or uh, maybe even in the card issuing and uh, uh, merchant cash advance, uh, buy now, pay later. All these products will grow uh, and there's a huge demand on them. Among other fintech, of course, products, but I'm focusing on the products that uh, Hyperbay will focus on. So uh, the target now for Hyperbay is to move from payment gateway to become uh, a complete fintech uh, solution company. Uh, of course, B2B company, we will never launch any consumer base. We will focus on B2B, we'll focus always to be uh, like an enabler for others to, uh, uh, to, to do a fintech in, in the region. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll definitely will focus more on infrastructure. Uh, we'll uh, launch new products uh, in, multi, in, in, in different uh, uh, line of businesses. All of them, of course, in fintech. Uh, again, as I told you, I believe we only in the beginning. A lot of people or investors, when we were uh, raising the fund, they asked me if I'm there's any plan to uh, expand to Africa or uh, maybe uh, Western Europe or other markets? I said definitely no, because we just started in the Middle East and there is a lot to do in the Middle East market. And we can make uh, a huge growth in, in everything in the Middle East market. So there is no need at all to, uh, to expand to other uh, markets uh, for now. Uh, so this is our focus. This is what we are thinking. KSA is, is amazing, to be honest. Uh, uh, multiple things makes KSA different than others. First, they are very fast in putting the rules. And when they put the rules, they affect, it will be affected immediately. And, and immediately people, banks or merchants and everyone all the stakeholders, they take it seriously and they work on it. The other thing which is very interesting in KSA, the adoption rate between the consumers, the end consumers, uh, to adopt the new technologies is extremely high. So today, if you have any technology, any feature that makes their life easy or that solves an issue, the adoption rate for this will be amazing and quickly. So, so you can grow really fast uh, in, in that market. And you know, uh, like Egypt, if, if, if you can see, let's say Egypt, the, uh, the central bank 
they bought multiple amazing roads actually to digitize the payments in Egypt. They, they pushed the bank to increase the point of sale. Uh, they, they, tried, they are trying to make all the transactions digitized. Uh, they launched Visa uh, as a local network uh, debit card. But the adoption rate for these uh, products is normal, okay? If you compare it with KSA, when the central bank decides to, to digitize all the payments, they put a rule that no one can have any license unless he has a point of sale. So in no time, literally in no time, every single outlet or uh, branch, or uh, even if you are selling uh, gums, or, or if you are uh, uh, like a gas station, or anything, anything in the market, the, uh, immediately they have to have a point of sale other than any, otherwise they will not get a license next year. So the adoption rate went from maybe 20, 30% to 100% in less than a year. Okay? That's crazy. It's so, crazy. It gives yeah, you a sign. So today, yeah. Today in KSA, uh, we have a big issue. If you, are, if you want to pay cash, no one have cash. No one can return anything for you. You live your life with uh, Apple Pay or uh, your card or your wallet immediately. And even I, my kids in KSA, uh, I stopped giving them cash two years ago. They are like, they were nine and 14 years old. And I never, I'm, I'm not giving them any cash, actually. They are buying anything from one real to thousands of reals. Uh, using their mobiles immediately. So adoption rate for technology, just crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a sign of how fast the region is moving because, you know, yeah. if you lived, if you spent any any time in the past 10 years in Jordan or KSA, you'd know that everything was cash-based just a few years ago. So for that yeah. change to happen so quickly really is a, a little bit revolutionary. You know what? Uh, actually, sometimes we, if someone visited us uh, from outside the region, right, let's say he visited me in KSA, I, I, I cannot explain how fast the change is happening. Yeah. yeah. I cannot. He will not yeah. believe me. Hmm. It's, yeah, I, yeah, sometimes it's, I prefer just to mm. not to discuss this point. No, no. Yeah. They, will not, they will not believe what you are saying. I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you. I've yeah, had, had similar conversations myself. Um, so look, Mohanad, uh, thank you so much for sharing the story of Hyperpay today. Um, congratulations on the very fast growth. Wishing you all the best for the future um, and hope we can connect again uh, when you guys go public. Inshallah. Uh, Inshallah. I, I would say this will happen in the coming two years. Well, fin fingers crossed. Thanks again, Mohanad. Thank you. Sponsor information. The UAE Tech Podcast is distributed by Alboaba Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Alboaba Business, syndication distribution on Alboaba Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, 
and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing, design, audio, and video formats. Albert Weber is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.